0: You're listening to Impact Sports Radio, and this is Behind the Mask. Behind the Mask, back uh, again. Uh, episode 10, so we're already in double digits. Time is flying, gentlemen. Um, I'm Kyle Hetty and I am joined by three lovely gentlemen who are sitting behind me in the fantasy hockey standings. How are we all feeling?
1: Feeling good. Good. Um... How am I feeling towards MSU hockey? Not the best currently. How am I feeling towards NHL hockey? Not also the best because I'm a Red Wings fan, but I like watching the other games, so at least there's some entertainment. But, hey, this season, wind- season is winding down, and uh, hopefully we don't have to endure too many more losses here. But, uh, yeah, it's going good. You know, my life's going good other than that, so I'll take that. Um,
2: it's been going pretty good. I'm not a Detroit sports fan, so I don't have to uh, endure the Red Wings at least. But um, I'm doing pretty good. The Blues are a decent team, better than the Red Wings. Um, yeah, MSU hockey has not been on a great tangent of late, but it's still room for optimism, I think, a little bit.
3: Um, yeah, I mean, like the rest of you all, I'm doing decent. Um, other than trying to brave my uh, first – Michigan winter while driving in snow, which has been a scary sight a couple of times here. Almost hit a couple of trees, but um, other than that, we should be fine. Um, Mom, if you're listening to this, that was um, a little bit too much. Um, I haven't come close to hitting many trees. I've been five foot away from them. So yeah, we're good. Hopefully my insurance company's not listening to this.
0: Interesting, they were. But yeah, it's a learning curve. Uh, you adjust to it. You don't adjust to the cold. Um, and, yeah, we are here to talk Michigan State hockey. Right now, Michigan State sits at 6, 10, and 2 after they got swept by Wisconsin and the Michigan game was postponed due to COVID reasons. So, we'll get, in the, we'll get into the Wisconsin series in, in a second here. Uh, but first, we have to take a look at the Big Ten and the, standings, uh, and the rankings as a whole. Uh, so, right now, ranked teams Minnesota sits at 5 despite getting swept by Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin sits at seven, uh, Michigan sits at eight, and Notre Dame and Penn State got receiving votes. And we look in the Big Ten standings, and we have a new number one right now. Uh, with 30 points – with 34 points, one ahead of Minnesota uh, is Wisconsin after they swept the Golden Gophers in uh, – yeah, a couple weekends ago. And we have to give pri- uh, props to Ryan uh, in the pick Granted, he was going for picks, but he was right, so –
1: Hey, I did have a Pretty reason cool to that. it, uh, so you know I'll take it. And hey, they're on top now, so that's something. Sky count for something.
2: You look smart, okay. and we look dumb. Wisconsin might be on top, but Ryan still definitely is very much not with these pick 'em. Okay, okay, yeah, that is Ooh. true. Sorry, I had to throw that in
1: there.
0: <laughs> Ryan's also behind in fantasy hockey, and a Red Wings fan, so he's not doing good. Down horrendously
1: today. Down bad. Brother. <laughs>
0: So uh, so just to uh, go through the Big Ten standards real quick, there is about, uh, yeah, uh, just a little little month before we start the Big Ten tournament. Uh, The tournament begins March 17th. It's it's February 11th today. Uh, Right now, Wisconsin is first. Minnesota is one point behind them. Six behind them is Notre Dame. Four behind them is Michigan. Uh, three behind them is Penn State, four behind them is Ohio State, one point behind them is Michigan State. Uh, so if your Michigan State home ice looks bleak at this point, especially considering the gauntlet of a schedule they will face after the Arizona State Series, which we'll talk about in a second, uh, they will go to Minnesota to play in the big rink. Uh, they'll get Notre Dame at home, uh, Wisconsin at home for that makeup series, and then they'll play two against Michigan. So not a lot of easy wins going there. But we'll get that in a second, though. First, we have to talk. Uh, we we have to go jump back in the mailbag because we got a couple more questions. So, may as well just jump right into that. Uh, so, Nathan Stearns asked, uh, "Which underclassman has shown the greatest improvement this season?" Jacob Stinson. Uh,
2: I think the answer is kind of pretty obvious. It has to be Josh Notler. I feel he's a sophomore only, and he's already second on the team in points. Has shown a great job being able to help uh, on the power play as much as possible, I guess. There's not really much optimism for Michigan State's power play unit, but he's one of the few lone bright spots, I feel. Um, but, yeah, he's definitely been able to step up and contribute the most out of anybody in the uh, sophomore class, I feel.
0: Yeah, I like that. Uh, I think that's the obvious pick. But, yeah, uh, if you were going to give an honorable mention, you're probably going to have to say Nico Mueller. Uh, he has taken – He I think he's played one or two games so far this season on the first line, uh, but taking more face-offs, getting better in the face-off circle. So, yeah. Uh, Jared Ramsey asks, who is someone that could, that could, um, that could step up and lead the offense next year? Uh, now that it struggled this year, Brian,
1: my answer for this beautiful question. Thank you, Jared Ramsey is, uh, Kyle Haskins, the freshman right now currently has one goal and four assists, but he's been sitting on the most solid line. I would say the, uh, Mitch Matson, Adam Goods or Kyle Haskins line, they've been together most of the season. And I feel like he's been driving that line the most. He's been creating offense for himself and creating space for himself as much as, you know, relative to MSU creating offense, but he's been looking good. And Cole's kept that line together the most, just because I think, you know, he sees a little bit of chemistry and as a freshman to be able to carry a line, in my opinion, I'd say he's doing pretty good. So Kyle Haskins is the answer.
0: I like that. Uh, I'll go A.J. Hodges just because um, we know, I know we've missed some, uh, he's missing time this season, but
1: he seems to find himself
0: with a puck and on a stick a lot for a freshman. And eventually, if you have your puck on the stick in the offensive zone, good things happen. Uh, Joe Dandron asked a little fun one. This is a little off the ice thing. Uh, what do you think Danton Cole's favorite road arena is? And I think we're just going to do a rapid fire through everyone here. Um, I think I'll go first. I think I'm going to say Yost just because I have seen them play relatively well at Yost. I get granted as a rival and it's it's basically down the road, but I have seen the Denton Coles team's complete major comebacks at Yost.
1: Well, I'm literally going to say the same thing because I think it's Yost as well. You know, you go, you look at this season, it was 9-0 the first time they played the Wolverines and they come back and win 3-2. Actually, wait, that was at home, wasn't it? Or no, that was the home and home. Okay. Sorry, excuse me, but I still feel like he likes playing in that arena. So I don't know. It with the energy when fans are in there to the children of Yost, it, it, you know, it's hard to play there and to have Spartan teams perform there. That's, that's pretty good. So I, I'm taking, I'm taking that arena as well.
2: I would, I want to say Yost, but there's also the contrarian part of me that needs to think of something else for hot take. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with Compton for no reason. Uh, I'm going to go Compton just for the fact of, you know, generally Notre Dame Michigan State have always had some good battles. It's generally a pretty evenly uh, contested matchup, I feel, every time. And the energy is always great when you go in. So I'm going to go with Compton.
3: Yeah, um, Jake, you, you stole mine. Um, I actually do have a reason for that one. Um, and that's because, you know, Michigan State went 1-0-1 and, 1-0 and this year. They went uh, same record last year at Compton, so we found some. Dan Cole's teams have found some recent success uh, at Compton Family Ice Arena, so I think that's probably one of the mo- his most favorite road arenas right now, just because of their record and getting some points on the road, which has been few and far to come by both this season and last season.
0: Uh. I haven't cried for both your arenas. And honestly, it's on me that I didn't expect Cam to bring a stat for which arena. It's just given now. Um, Ryan, you, messaged, you, you mentioned the children of Yost, and someone in that student section has a cowbell, and if you're ever covering games there by the second period, you want to walk down there and take it away from them. Oh, it is that annoying. So, yeah. Uh, that 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 alone is just a reason that I just, yeah. It, just, it almost ruined my experience covering the game. And Compton is just weird because it looks like a mix between a factory and a lecture hall. And then you walk in, you think you're in a church. Then you walk a little farther, and you see it's a hockey rink. It's just weird.
2: It's a fun game. So, uh, it's a fun arena. I've played there before. I have played some games there, tournaments and whatnot. It's a fun. It's a fun place to play. Uh, I
0: also played. I also played tournaments there, but uh, we weren't good enough to play in the finals on the main rink. So we just played in the practice rink and got destroyed because we had six people show up to the tournament. I once I
2: once went to a, a championship game uh, and it went to a shootout on the uh, on the main rink. It was, it was a very fun time, one of my favorite memories.
3: I mean, uh, you guys are talking actually going there. So, I mean, hopefully we'll be all, all – both me, Ryan, and Jacob, you know, we'll all be able to go there one day, whether it's Compton or it's, you know, LeBron or wherever else we need to go. But, I mean, I feel – I mean, you guys should be humbled playing on, like, NCAA rings I mean I'm over here just playing on farm league rings back home in Texas playing beer league with 30 to 40 year olds come on guys be humbled
2: oh. I mean I've also played well let's see I've also played on two NHL arenas before um, That just as a thing I've been on there twice um, I went I've Columbus and then also St. Louis um, that at the time was the Enterprise Center I mean it was the Scott Trade Center now it's Enterprise Center and the nationwide arena it's a long story
1: basically my my team's uh
2: rink subsided
1: i mean uh i i played i played floor hockey on a <laughs> plastic arena like that was basically a warehouse so i mean that was kind of fun but it smelled like utter garbage and um if if you uh have never played floor hockey there's like Oh God, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say this on the podcast, but I already dug myself into the hole. There's like these like sweat flakes that form that like just get all over the floor. It's, it's not good. And um, yeah, that's where I used to play. So st- yeah, stay humble. I'm, I'm on cam here, you know,
2: <laughs> it, it wasn't really a choice. It was uh, basically my, my team's rink uh, subsided underneath at one point uh, in our area there was mines science underneath the rink. So the rink got condemned and then the blues uh, stepped in and said, Hey, for the rest of the season, you guys can come in uh and like, you know, practice on the ice at Scott Red Center uh for the rest of the year. It was fun.
0: You were I bet you're better than the blues at the time.
2: Uh actually I think they were actually decent at that point. This was like they were like just starting to actually make the playoffs. Like this was like twenty twelve.
0: Yeah, all right, that's fair. Um, I have one more point. I can't believe I I didn't bring this up earlier. My first ever game of organized hockey was actually a 6.50 a.m. puck drop at Yoast Ice Arena. Um, I think we lost. So, yeah. Thank you, Joe, for that question that we got us to dive into our experiences. Yeah, moving on. Uh, Eric Bach, do you think home ice matters without fans? Uh, This this one's tricky. I got to think about this. So, Cam. Yes,
3: because playing on different rinks means playing with different boards, dashers, and ice surfaces. Not all ice surfaces are created equally, as I have seen while playing in the mall system in Texas, where if you played at Arlington Mall, you were playing on one side of decent ice and one side on puddles. Now, these rinks aren't going to be like that, but a lot of the times it's the boards. It's the way that the pucks – whenever you uh, rim, rim pucks in deep, ring them, around the bo- ring them around the glass, sometimes they take weird hops off stanchions. And a lot of teams on their home rinks, they know where those bad spots are. They know where to aim. Um, if you look at some of the hardest places to play in the NHL, it's Vegas. And that's because of the way that where the ice surface is compared to the outside in the desert air, along with how their boards are with the stanchions and everything. They take weird caroms and weird hops every time pucks go in deep. So for me, I, I think home ice does matter just because it's the rink that you know, it's the rink you play on, and you you know how that puck is going to move most likely 95% of the time.
0: I don't think I can going up that. I think I'll just piggyback on that one. I like that answer. Um Last mailbag question. Uh, This is another one we're just going to rapid fire around uh, all of us. Uh, Ian Gilmore, which player on the team won the most money from Super Bowl gambling? This is a fun one.
1: So I like this one. Thank you, Gilmore, for this one. I got some hard-hitting analysis here. My answer is Dennis Cezana, and this is why I picked Cezana here. He's from Rhode Island. Rhode Island fans typically like the Patriots, and I feel like a lot of Patriots fans, sure, Tom Brady left them, but they still got a soft spot in their heart so I think Zazana dropped a big old check oh hi Willow my dog just walked in I think Zazana dropped a big old check on Tom Brady and got some money so there's my answer
2: that was kind of exactly what I was going to say too I was looking into it I was thinking like who would have a reason to go for Tom Brady who would have a reason to actually like be a Tom Brady fan um and yeah that was that wasn't what I thought of too was Zazana so thank you for my my answer Ryan
3: I'm going the opposite route. I'm going Jake Smith. He's a marketing major and honestly, I believe that he most likely bet the uh, favorite picks in terms of Chiefs to score first um you know, first team to score a touchdown as well as making some money on specific prop bets. If you're if you're going to be a marketing student, you you really need to know, you know, brands and ad- certain advertising practices so i'm pretty sure he probably bet on somebody streaking at the super bowl just because you want to market market brands and stuff like that and i feel like he would probably have made most of his money on those like weird prop bets such as gatorade which surprisingly hit on plus 800 which was my favorite prop bet of the year so
2: what color was it again
3: blue Oh okay Blue at plus 800, hit
2: my money was an orange.
3: Yeah, no, it's tw- it was uh, the 2020 to 2021 season. You can't expect the expected, so you go with the unexpected.
2: See, yeah, that was that, that was the thing. I also predicted uh, Bucks to score first and Chiefs to win, so not a good time. No, not a good Sunday for me.
3: Brady's teams never score first. The Chiefs are the Chiefs hitting like scoring first, would not have picked. Scoring a touchdown on the
2: first
0: quarter, though, that was a surprise to me. Fair enough. All right, um, I'm going to go with Tommy Miller. Uh, Tommy Miller is from Bloomfield Hills, and I just feel like people from large urban areas like Metro Detroit just watch football a lot. And he's from Bloomfield Hills, so he might have grew up a Michigan fan, which means he might have been a Walmart Wolverine Brady fan, and that's just my guess. So, there's that. That concludes another segment of the mailbag. Uh, we're going to move on to the Wisconsin Review. Uh, long story short, bad, week, bad weekend for Michigan State. Wisconsin scores 10 goals on the weekend. Michigan State scores one. Um, the first, uh, game one was just ugly all-around. Wisconsin dominated. Kolkopf Field and Holloway had two goals each. Michigan State was outshot by Wisconsin 50-19. to 19. Uh, we did see Pierce Charleston make an appearance in the net uh, for Drew Drigger in Relief be- after the second period, I believe, because I, that's, to me, that just seemed like Dan Cole sending a message. Uh, you guys aren't playing, so I'm not going to put in our goalie who's trying.
2: So there are goalies
0: in here, am I wrong? You think that you to gone like, around with that?
2: Yeah, it's mostly when, when they pull goalies, unless they're like the stats are terrible, uh, it's mostly just to send a message to the team. Yeah, it be worse as well.
0: You're right, Cam. It's probably sent a message because it was just ugly at that point. Uh, game two was bad, but slightly better. Uh, Koff had uh, two bowls to assist in game two, which logged him seven points in the two games on the series. And, and yeah, uh, Michigan State was outshot in game two, 41 18. So uh, pretty cut and dry. Wisconsin dominated all weekend. Uh, what did you see that stuck out to you most besides just an offensive showcase out of the Badgers?
1: So game two, don't let that 4-1 scoreline fool you. Michigan State actually showed up in this game two a lot more than game ones, which I've said a lot in the pod. They're they're just not good in game ones, but they'll show up in game two. So it was 1-1 with, I think, eight minutes into the third when – Aiden Gallagher got a five-minute game as conduct for or against Michigan State. So Wisconsin went to that five-minute game as conduct. They didn't didn't skip a beat. They got two goals off of that. And then just like that, it was the end of the game. So it was a 1-1, very close affair. Sure the shots were 41 to 18 in favor of Wisconsin, but it was it was a lot better in the game too.
2: Yeah, and you were talking about the the penalties and whatnot. That's, that's been the issue with, with that. The reason they just completely just could not keep up at all with Wisconsin was because they had to keep playing on their heels, playing on penalty kill and whatnot. They just couldn't you, – you can't do that against a team like Wisconsin. People like Cole Caulfield are going to make you pay if you do that. And Michigan State kind of just shot themselves in the foot. It's kind of just – that was the story of the weekend.
3: Yeah, and I mean looking at that game one scoreline, it was it was over quickly. Um, Joshua gets the 2 minutes for kneeing, ultimately gets suspended for the next game. Um, but going into that's that 6-0 that victory for the Badgers in game 1, it was it was 2-0 within the first 4 minutes of the game. Which was, it was just it was an abominable showcase by Michigan State unable to really get anything. The Badgers score immediately 54 seconds in on the power play because of Joshua's over-exuberance of kneeing Cole Caulfield. Um, and then, like everybody had said, game game two, me and Ryan were there covering that game, and it they looked like a completely different team, and they were without the likes of – I mean, the four scratches for that game were Joshua, who got suspended for the kneeing, Nico Mueller, Cole Krieger, and Charlie Combs. are staple points of this Michigan State team and they weren't in and they played really well I mean Lewandowski's goal to tie the game in the third was amazing display of personal just prowess of trying to get this team motivated and you look at who were the catalysts on that was the freshman in Nash Neenhouse and Dennis Asana Defenseman scoring is pretty much been the backbone of Spartan success so far this season, but they just been haven't getting they haven't gotten enough of it. And then Gallagher gets thrown out with I want to, with eight minutes remaining in the game and the power play for Wisconsin that literally ran riot and was able to basically pass the pass their way around the Spartans box. They. There was just no, no effort pretty much on the penalty kill. They had no clue what to do, and Wisconsin was just ringing it around the boards and were able to find you know, a couple of passes inside that counted for goals in game one. There was one, one of those that happened in game two as well with Pelton Bice, but the other ones were sometimes complete snipes from cross-ice passes to Caulfield who basically just continually went almost bar down on DeRitter both games.
0: And speaking of Duretter, there's something probably should have mentioned earlier in the podcast. uh, We do want to give a mention that Drew DeRitter, who is probably, actually, not probably, undoubtedly Michigan State's best player this season, he has been named to the Richter Award watch list. So it was basically a goalie award. So I think that's definitely well-deserved. And just feel like I should mention that and my apologies when I mentioned earlier in the episode. So. Any more? St- uh, any more thoughts on Arizona State before we move on to Wisconsin?
1: Oh, flip that! Flip that around real quick. <laughs>
0: Wait, no, no, no. Wait. Yep, no. Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, yep, Switch yep. that around. Yeah, that's on me. Um, no okay. other than God bless Durrider's soul. Like he he needs an offense, man. <laughs> um,
2: this man, this man needs some help. Yeah,
0: that, that is awesome. He's not facing ninety-one shots per weekend. Oh, jeez.
3: I wouldn't be surprised if they ran out of ice bags in the training room and had to sh- like pick up snow from outside of Munn to put in little Ziploc bags for the Ritter for how many pucks he took in the, in that series. That was just abominable.
0: All right. That's not get too carry way. Come on. <laughs> we still are a Michigan state podcast, the Michigan state hockey podcast. Um, at least we're not on the basketball beat this year. True. After Blessings. Uh, but, yes, uh, moving on to the Arizona State preview. Uh, this is probably – this is undoubtedly Michigan State's easiest matchup uh, the rest of the, of the year. Um, Arizona State has lost three straight on not counting their – play them playing the development program. Uh, Michigan State went 1-0-1 against them last series. Um, Arizona State has the 29th ranked offense in the country. Michigan State has the 50th. Arizona's power play is at 18%. Michigan State is at 6.2. Um, but Arizona State is last in goals allowed per game at 4.45 per game, which is a lot. So who are you looking for? Who, who are you looking at this uh, this series? What are you looking for before we get into the blank wins if?
1: Well, for this Arizona State series, you said they've lost their last three. Well, I'm going to one up that and say in their last eight games, they are one and seven. So not looking too good. If you plug ASU into the Big Ten, which my personal opinion, I think they should be. They're literally playing an all Big Ten schedule except for the U.S. National Development Team program, whatever the heck it is. Um, they are last so this is Michigan State's best chance they have. If if I plug, if you plug them in. Like I said, they're not actually in the Big Ten. But their last series, they um they gosh, I, I want to be nice to them. They they just lost two bad games, you know, the first one zero to ten, second one two to ten. Just just bad games, you know. So you ASU, they're they're gonna to try to do something here. They're gonna to try to squeak out some wins, but it's It's down bad for both these teams, and it's going to be an interesting matchup because they're, in my opinion, pretty evenly matched at this point. So Michigan State obviously picking up the win and the tie in the first series. I wonder what's going to happen in this one. Should be intriguing.
2: Yeah, that's the thing. Both these teams in this matchup are hurting bad right now. And so I honestly don't know really which way to go because it could go either way. Both teams are just just trying to get a win to break the losing streak they're on. Um, That's kind of really the whole story. It's just, it it honestly comes down to which team wants it more. That's really it plain and simple. That's really it.
3: Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to try to basically join in on the, uh, the, the drowning train right now. But this, honestly, this is a momentous moment, yeah, momentous series um, just because of the sheer impact that this could play on the morale of this team heading into the final, I want to say six games post this series. Um, we've seen Michigan State go up against a couple of teams with goalies that have very inflated save percentages and goals allowed averages. Uh, Debrower for Arizona State lets in four goals per game on average, sub-900 save percentage in context to those that don't really care about numbers. Four goals a game is not really going to win you many games. Uh, He's three and nine. That kind of shows you. But when the Spartans have come up against teams that do give up many goals, they haven't been able to inflate that stat sheet at all going up against Penn state and Oscar audio, who was letting in, I want to say 3.5 per game or 3.25. They didn't really do anything. They couldn't figure it out. Um, To me, this is one of, this is the most important series, even though there's no points on the line. This is to, this is the, this is the final chance that you have of trying to figure out who, who actually wants to try and make a difference because I know every, everybody on that team, is is trying their hardest. They're trying. They just can't figure it out. It's it's not a lack of will. It's just a lack of production. And you could chalk that up to a couple of things: bad pack, bad, bad puck luck, you know, misplaced passes. But they're trying. This is the series now where everything. If everything can come together, they can put together a couple of nice performances this weekend or Sunday and Monday and have a shot to compete with the big boys of the Big Ten and steal a couple of points, steal a couple of positions, so that way you're not scrambling trying to figure out yourself as a sixth or a seventh seed going up and playing Minnesota or Wisconsin and even Michigan, who's right now, I want to say, nine points behind first place with four games in hand over the top two teams. So this is, this is a chance to really figure out the core of your team And go from there
0: all right I like it may as well into the blank wins if so arizona state arizona state will win this series if
1: for me arizona state wins if they limit michigan state to under 25 shots if you look at the series at the beginning of the year the first game which ended up in a tie michigan state had 26 shots in the second game which michigan state won two to zero Michigan State had 40. So if you're looking at that last series, that's a pretty easy uh, Arizona State wins if. So if they keep the MSU offense from getting some shots onto whoever the goalie will be this series, I think Arizona State will handle them.
2: I would say, honestly, it just depends on – I'm going say Arizona State will win if they can get at least 25 saves uh, from their goalie because – We already know MSU cannot put pucks on net with any real consistency, Um, and Arizona State's goaltending has been shoddy at best this year. But the the thing is, if you look at some of their scores, um, it just yeah, it's been a very inconsistent game. Like in their exhibition series against the national team uh, last weekend, they actually allowed more shots on goal in the game that they won than the game that they lost. So, I it's and with stuff like that you kind of just can chalk it up more to goaltending more than anything, and defensive play. So I think if they can get strong goaltending and a strong defensive game from their team, Arizona State can pull out a win here.
3: Yeah, and this this one will please Hattie. I've chalked or I've looked over this stat um, for the past I want to say minute and a half trying to make sure um, Arizona State will win if they score more than two goals. Their record when they score two goals is actually – when they score two – or when they score more than two goals is pretty decent. But they are winless when they score two or less. They do have one tie, which is against – which was against Michigan State um, at the beginning of the year, Michigan State's first game, uh, the 1-1 tie. Um, But other than that, they have yet to win when they score two or less. Most of the time they do end up scoring around – four goals um on their a couple only they're only five five of their wins two of them they scored 3 the rest of them they've scored 8 6 and 5 when they do put more than five on they have pretty surprising record a pretty good record but going under two goals is is not good for them they're they're winless um they haven't scored more than two goals in four consecutive games, um, and in that in that four game span, they've given up twenty nine goals and only put four forward. So, it, if they can score more than two goals, they will most likely win against a Michigan State team that is not known for scoring.
0: I will continue to say this: Cam is a very good play by play. Uh, guy, but his true calling might be statisticians. It is he's just on fire? You deserve that happy dance. All right. Um. So I'm gonna go with Arizona State will win if they control the front of the uh, the, the control the front of Michigan State's net. Uh, DeRitter just got nominated for goalie award because essentially he stops what he can see. If he can't see, Michael might go past him. Simple as that. Uh, on the flip side, Michigan State will win if they slow down their pace of playing in the offensive zone and get their defenseman involved. Uh, this is clearly a team that struggles in, the, in, their own, in their own zone. So if you slow it down, look for an open man, and maybe don't rush it and get your defense to collapse in instead of sitting at the blue line, you're in good shape.
1: So for me, I think Michigan State wins if Jagger Joshua lays a big hit on somebody and he doesn't get either thrown in the penalty box or a game misconduct or suspended. Because if that happens, then you know Michigan State stays off the power play playlist and maybe they'll win. And if I'm not doing a little joke pick there, I'll just say, hey, if that fourth line actually bumped up to third line last series, but if Mitch Matson, Cal Haskins, Adam if that line scores, they could win a couple games. So yeah, that's those are my picks. Yeah.
2: I'm going to say Michigan State will win if they keep Arizona State's shots on goal to under 30. That's a big ask. But considering that they allowed, what, 91 shots total on the weekend against Wisconsin over the two games. So it's a big ask. But if they can keep them to under 30 and just keep the puck away from DeRitter so DeRitter doesn't have to actually, you know, carry the team to a win by himself, they're in a very good position to win. Simple as that.
3: Yeah. I mean, I like that. Um, but we, we've seen Michigan state whole teams under 30 shots on goal before, um, some high flying offenses haven't, uh, specifically beginning of the year, Minnesota had about 33, 34, their last series against Arizona state, they put up 52 on the sun devils. So wouldn't be surprised if shots do not matter as much in this series. Um, Not to say anything bad about Jacob, but, yeah, shots do matter at some points. It all depends on what kind of quality shots you're getting. And we can all figure out ways to get some more advanced stats for next podcast or next year when we're all a lot better at what we're doing. Sorry, Hattie. (laughs) But, yeah, my long-winded answer will come to a close. MSU will win if they stop the bleeding on the power play or a penalty kill for that matter. They gave up four on seven opportunities to Wisconsin. They're still the second best in the Big Ten, but their average has dipped wildly. They're now 39th in the nation. The next two teams that follow them are Michigan and, I believe, Penn State. If I'm not uh, wrong there, I had just looked it up about five minutes ago. But, yeah, I mean, the penalty kill troubles were the catalyst in their game two loss to Wisconsin. Um, two power play two quick power play goals on the five minute major and the ten minute misconduct to Gallagher put that game out of reach for the Spartans an empty netter by Caulfield was just a cherry on top for the Badgers in that game too but the Spart- this, the Spartans need to you know start plugging the holes or the ship is going to go down with them on it if uh, they continue letting up power play goals all right Next, there's that
0: segment and speaking of ships, uh, one ship that is just sailing great right now is Jacob Stinson's Pickums. Save way, safe for what it is. Um, as, I, as I said before, we've about a month left in this season for our pick-ems. Uh and in December, I was feeling okay about falling behind to Jacob because I think Jacob had like a monster first week, and now time is ticking down, and I'm still three points behind him. Ryan, and then Ryan and Camber, two points behind me. so
2: I'm pretty sure I catch uh, them. Wasn't it down to like a one or two point lead last week? And then I, last week I uh, bumped it up a little more. Because the first to, three games I You're sport, trying to
0: flex by saying you choked.
2: No, no, I'm saying. I, I, I think last week I actually bumped up the lead a little more. Because uh, I, yeah. I predicted the uh, you did. was Wisconsin sweep and like the other two that actually played.
0: Oh, no, no. Ryan got the Wisconsin sweep. We were all The Wisconsin sweep over MSU. You guys,
2: you got two. The second, yeah, there were two. Oh, yes. Wisconsin sweep over MSU. So silly. There was another split, and then
0: the other one. I don't remember, but I got yeah, right. just Yeah, you got two sweeps and a split. Uh, don't let it go to your head. There's still one left, but we will start with you for our first series. Uh, number two, Minnesota travels to South Bend to take on Notre Dame.
2: All right. So I know Minnesota is kind of on, uh, kind of falling back down to earth a little bit, just for the fact of you know they came off of getting demolished by Wisconsin over the past weekend, but. The team, it's still a very good team, and Minnesota, yes, they're still, yeah, they're still the number two team in the country for a reason. Um, there's plenty of talent there. Notre Dame still not the most consistent team in the world. I like Minnesota this sweep.
1: So for me, I who I I'm kind of overthinking this pick, but I'm just gonna stick with what I first put here. I have a split in this series. It's hard to do this because uh, because Minnesota is still such a good team. But hey, last week I predicted them getting swept by Wisconsin in the later half of the week, and they pretty sure they yeah they lost the first game four to one, and then the second game eight to one. So I don't know what happened to Minnesota there, but I think they've fallen down to earth a little bit, and Notre Dame could get a game on them. So give me the freaking split and hopefully a point from that series.
3: Yeah, um, I don't see this going into a split. Um, I think this is a game that Minnesota would like to have at this point in the season after that Wisconsin series that did not go in their favor. Um, This is more of a game against – or this is a series against a team that they would like to play against. Um, Minnesota, barring the past couple of weeks of offensive success, likes to play – um, A little bit of a kind of tactical game, I would say. Um, only score about three, four, sometimes maybe five goals a game. But they do not give up much. Um, LaFontaine, I believe, in net, does not allow opposing uh, offenses to get many pucks by him. Um, and they do a really good job at limiting opportunities to the far, far circles as well as the point and allowing LaFontaine to actually see a couple of those shots. So I think this will be a good bounce back performance for the Golden Gophers of Minnesota, and yeah, I got a. Or I, uh, what is it? What is? Oh my God! I got a, a sweep. Split. Oh, my God, I was about to say sweet. split. Jeez.
0: Get it together! I'll send it. I'll send it to the golf. I'll send it to the uh, to the golf beat. I won't feel bad about it either.
1: Oh no! Don't do that to him. Oh no! No no. <laughs>
0: um, short and sweet. Uh, Wisconsin pissed off. A good team, Porn Notre Dame. Minnesota wins by multiple goals both night. Yeah. Simple as that. Uh, moving on. All right, so Ohio State travels to Hockey Valley to take on Penn State. Mr. Stinson.
2: Um, I originally had this listed as a split, but I'm going with a Penn State sweep. Um, just looking at it, Ohio State, uh, we've talked as much about Michigan State being down bad on this podcast so far. Ohio State has hurt, and they've lost eight of their last nine. And while Penn State hasn't been the most consistent team, uh, they've definitely picked it up from where they were at the start of the year, um, and this you know picked up some good wins. Like they beat, they split Notre Dame going into overtime both times last time, but they've had some quality wins over the time before, including the last, the very last time they played Ohio State, um, it was a split, but they won the last game five two. Ohio State just been very down, bad, terribly. So I've got a Penn State
1: sweet. Same for me. I'm picking Penn State, kind of what Jacob said. Last series, they split. Since then, I think Ohio State has digressed and Penn State has just gotten a little bit better. So that is why I'm picking Penn State to give me two points this weekend.
3: I am a person that likes fractions, likes ratios. You know, goals for, goals allowed. The worst in the Big Ten is Ohio State minus 30, They're worse than Michigan State. Um, Penn State's is minus 11, uh, mainly because they gave up a lot of goals early on in the season. Um, But the biggest factor that will play into this series is uh, Pagula, Pagula, and Pagula. Uh, Teams don't go into Hockey Valley and win often. um, And it's basically a fortress in the middle of nothing. Um, That is Penn State. And so, yeah, I've got the Nittany Lions in a sweep.
0: All right, so all of you have Penn Penn State sweeps across the board. Um, Both teams are close at the bottom in the standings. Uh, And, yes, is hard, but even a blind squirrel finds a nut sometimes, so I'll take Ohio State to win the second game. Give me a sweep. I mean, not not a sweep. Give me a split. So moving on, Uh, we got a nice little uh, showdown for this one. Number 11, Wisconsin travels to Ann Arbor to take on number 7, Michigan.
2: Jacob Simpson. Uh, see, this is a tough one. See, it's, it's always hard. You know, normally I would have a hard time picking the higher ranked team to be swept, but that's what I'm doing right now. Um, I've got, I've got Wisconsin for the sweep. I, you can't give me a good reason to pick against Wisconsin at the moment. They're they've won seven of the last eight. They steamrolled Minnesota 12, two over that last series. Um, and, while Michigan themselves have been pretty good, they've won five of the last six, their quality of wins is what kind of gives me a little more pause. The teams that they beat in that span, Michigan State once, Ohio State twice, and then they're ordained twice. Decent teams, but I wouldn't really give it enough. They're not exactly rolling in the same way Wisconsin is after just obliterating Minnesota.
1: So that's why I've got Wisconsin this week. So for me, this was if you want to watch some college hockey this week, ladies and gentlemen, this is the series you want to watch. Wisconsin versus Michigan, number eleven Badgers versus number seven Wolverines. Couple animals just going at it. For me, it's hard to pick this, but I'm going for the Wisconsin sweep, kind of what Jacob said. I'm just literally just taking stuff from you guys today. But I got a little and one. Jacob said that they've won the last seven out of eight. I think that, that's what you said, right? Seven on eight, Jacob. I think. Yeah, seven out. Okay, eight. seven out of eight. But they have outscored their opponents thirty five to six in those eight games. That's a that's a gosh dang football score right there. I'm not I'm not picking against them at this point. Sure Michigan is a good team and this is a very even matchup in my brain, but heck no, I'm picking Wisconsin for two points and hopefully they give me them.
3: Yeah. Um you know, when we said that we were gonna do this podcast, you know, today, you know, I, I woke up pretty late. Got in the shower and all of a sudden I started thinking, I was like, wait a minute, when does Wisconsin play Michigan? Just a, just a random thought pops in my head. And then we look at, we look at our spreadsheets. We look at the schedule and we see, oh, they play this week. I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a weird coincidence. Um, everybody has basically said so far, um, a lot of the same things that we said about Minnesota going into the start of this phase two, you know, into this, into, um, play um, whenever they came back in January uh, giving a reason not to bet against the high rolling team in Minnesota um, but since then they've, they've started dropping a couple of games you know and then getting swept by Wisconsin last week pretty, puts a pretty bad taste in their mouth um, I don't see betting against Wisconsin right now um, this team looks like they're vying for a frozen four, or a frozen four spot um, should we get there but right now, with Wisconsin's resurgence in the standings, it shows that this isn't just a, uh, you know, a two-horse race right now. It, this is at the top of the Big Ten standings. This is a race to the top between three very, and I mean very different teams. Wisconsin, who will put as many pucks behind opposing netminders as possible. Minnesota, that plays a tactical game. And then Michigan, who has the star power, the number one recruiting class in the nation, And a bunch of guys who just came back from winning gold at the world juniors. I mean, it's, these are three very different teams that at the end of the day, this is, it's not like you're saying David versus Goliath in this one. You're saying that this is like, let's put Tom Brady, um, Joe Montana and uh, Troy Aikman all against each other. Like in a three, in a three game playoff scenario, you know, this is, Just the battle of the top teams, but they all have different styles. But long story short, Wisconsin in a sweep.
0: Easy enough. Um, I think everyone here is forgetting that Michigan is still number seven in the country and they're itching to get back on the ice. And when they do, they'll probably hit the ground running with fresh legs. Uh and if anybody can keep pace with Wisconsin's offense, it's Michigan. So give me a sweat. All right. Uh, last but not least, the series, of course, we've talked about the, this on this podcast. Arizona State comes to East Lansing to play the Spartans. Uh, once again, Jacob Stinson.
2: All right, so this is a very evenly matched game at the moment, but not for the reasons you'd want it to be. Um, both teams coming into this game have lost five of their last six. Not a good look. Both teams hurting. Both teams looking for that win to try and break the streak. And I think both teams are going to get one on each other. And so by the end of it, they'll come out having lost six of their last eight. I got a
1: split. So for me, I also have a split, but I am so gosh dang close to picking Michigan state to sweep this, but being that Michigan state hasn't gotten a sweep since December 6th of 2019 last season, I, I just don't see them getting the sweep. And like I said on multiple other podcasts, Michigan State is just a very inconsistent team from game one to game two. So I don't see them putting those two games together. So just give me the simple split and hope I get a point out of that.
3: Like I had said earlier in this podcast, this is kind of a do or die moment for this team. I hate to put ultimatums in front of them, but um, in my opinion, I believe it will be a split. Um, Like Ryan has constantly said, Game 1s are not very good for Danton Cole's side this year. Uh, Game 2s are surprisingly better, and a lot of the times we've seen it, um, you know, coming back from the 9-0 defeat at Michigan, coming back against a Game 1 loss to Ohio State, um, almost pulling it out against Wisconsin last week. um, I see it as a split if you're a Michigan State fan who's really hoping for a a sweep then this could be your moment. But objectively speaking, I, I don't see this team pulling out two consecutive wins. But I do believe a game two victory will do more for the morale of the team more than a game one victory.
0: All right. So, um, we talked earlier about how Arizona State's defense is bad. But your defense being bad only shows you have an offense that can expose it. And right now, Michigan State can't score goals. And because of that, I'm taking an Arizona State sweep. All right, so three minutes. uh, All right, so I guess, yeah, next episode could look very different. I went different on three. So, Jacob, I'm coming for you uh, in the picks. Ryan, I'm coming for you in fantasy and so yeah this weekend Michigan State will play on Sunday and Monday afternoon we will have a broad we assume we will have a broadcast Sunday afternoon that is not set in stone yet uh it's looking good you can follow all of our Twitters uh it'll be Ryan on the call I assume we're gonna see what what happens from there fingers
1: crossed man fingers crossed
0: fingers crossed Jeff please let us in (laughs) um but yeah Obviously, we'll have coverage all weekend. We'll be back next next week with an uh, episode to recap that series and preview Minnes- uh, them going to Minnesota, which should be fun. So, any last words, gentlemen? I'm good. Same here.
1: Yeah. That was Good pod. Good pod. I liked it.
3: Of course. Drive safe. Stay warm.
1: Stay Drink safe. water. That. Drink water. Oh, Stay hydrated. That's a good one.
0: Uh, All right. So, this has been another episode of Behind the Mask. Uh, I'm Kyle Hattie on behalf of Cam, Jacob, and Ryan. uh, Thank you for listening.